You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Season 3 of Lower Decks is it over so soon? Well, don't worry, there's still plenty to talk about. It's Monday night, it's 10 p.m. Eastern, it's 7 Pacific, and it's 5 o'clock somewhere, as we like to say, so it must be time for Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Norman Lau. It's amazing that we're actually here, like, the end of Lower Decks. So sad, but it's like, it, we were just there, like, we were. 10, like 10, 11 weeks ago, just talking yeah. about this new show. And here we are in the retrospective. So it's fantastic to be with you, John, finally, to be able to talk about this and uh, especially with our special guest. But we're going to get to that in a second. If you want to join in the conversation, you guys know what to do. You click on the Zoom meeting. You use the one tap from your smartphone or call us at 669-900-6833. Enter the meeting code. And you know Earl is going to be able to host you. And pack all of you in the Earl Green Room. Yes. To let you chat with us tonight and uh, talk about what's going on with Lower Decks. I've heard that's where the real party is, is in the Earl really Green is. Room. I'm... But I'm okay to be here. That's all right. That's all right. I, I get to hear the stories after the fact. Uh, speaking of all the people who will be packed in the Earl Green Room or maybe just hanging out in the chat, let's welcome you and say hello. So there's Rhea. There's Scott Palm. Good to see you, friend. There's Paul Wright and Paul Harveth. Will we get three Pauls tonight? Who knows? We got two out of three right now. It's almost a complete set. We got Jane. We got Alan. We got Heather. Uh, Heather also welcoming others into the chat. So awesome to see you there, sort of playing host in that chat. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? We got Carlos, we got Narda, we got uh, Eddie. We got, there's just so many people. So good to see you all. You know what to do. We have wrapped up season three of Lower Decks. Now is the time we get to unpack everything that we saw, but we also get to do that with our expert guest, who you will meet very shortly. So, oh, wait a minute. There's somebody there's Octavius in the uh, YouTube chat. All right. I think you're new to the show. Fantastic. Good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So welcome everybody. And uh, Norman, before we get into our uh, the real heart of the chat here and meet our guests, why don't we talk about what's coming up on Mission Log this week and Mission Log Prodigy. Uh, what's happening over on regular Mission Log on Voyager? All right, so we have a lot of stuff happening this week. So on Voyager, for our regular mission log, we have Death Wish. That's the one where it's the one with Q. And, oh, yeah. Well, there's Q and Q. there's Q. Oh, right? Q's in it as well. Okay. Exactly. So Got you it. have Q Got and it. you have Q. It's yeah. the one where that one Q, not the mm -hmm. other Q, but the one Q, he requests asylum from yeah. Voyager. And then the other Q shows up and he says, not, no, maybe not really, maybe mm. kind of Just not like really. So exactly. Yeah. So feel free to send your comments about this episode to mission log at Roddenberry.com because there's a lot that we have to say. There's a lot that you have to say. And if you want to talk about it, let us know about it and we will get you on mission log in terms of like all the great conversation that we're having there. Make sure you visit YouTube at Roddenberry Entertainment. Okay, so that's our YouTube channel. If you haven't visited that, make sure you visit that because Mission Log Prodigy is happening right now. Yes. And that's, that's hosted by myself and Ashley V. Robinson and Char, Charlin Schmidt. And we're talking about Mission Log Prodigy and this week, the week of weeks. 
episode oh. 13. Oh my God. Dude, look. All I, the world's I, a stage. I, I don't want to get too far off of our topic tonight because we are wrapping up season three of Lower Decks, which was epic and amazing and fantastic. Um, I don't know if I was just particularly emotionally vulnerable the night that I watched All the World's a Stage. Uh, I, choking up, crying like a baby watching that episode. And I, I texted Aaron Waltke afterward. I was like, you know, how dare you? Damn it. I'm at home, a grown adult male sitting here on my couch, just <laughs> tears at that episode. So I can't wait to hear what you and Char had to say about it. And I uh, can't wait to get Aaron here on the air with us at some point, too, to talk about it. I'm laughing because if I'm not laughing, I'm crying. And John, right. it would be, <laughs> right. if we were missing, it was like, if I don't say John, I was talking about the logs. Please play the logs because See? the logs are important. I uh, wait, can I, can I, can I, I don't know if I can actually do it. Live logs it, and proper. Live yeah. logs and proper. It really does Beautiful. hurt the fingers that way. So yeah, we're going to be dropping that uh, tomorrow. Um, yep. And that's going to be an absolutely fantastic show. Please make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to us on the Rod and Beard channel there on Prodigy, Mission Log Prodigy. And of course, we have fantastic content as always. You know, uh, Captain Mike and Jessica Linverde have been doing great work and we have great content for Mission Log, the Orville. And of course, John and I, if you're not already tired, you know, tired of like looking at us, <laughs> either are listening to us you we have no i am engage yeah i know we don't i don't watch uh, yeah. stuff we don't yeah. watch no you stuff, can't right? you can't yeah but we have mission log engage we're talking about the content that you send us at mission log at roddenberry.com so make sure everyone take a deep breath mm -hmm. make sure that you follow us at podcast.roddenberry.com for all of that great content and also make sure you follow us on youtube at roddenberry entertainment so that's a lot <laughs> it is a lot with what we do here at Mission Log. It is. Excellent. Well, thank you for that recap of what's happening in Mission Log land. And, uh, you know, we do have some people waiting already who have called in. I can't wait to hear what they have to say. And now, of course, is your chance to chime in. Go over and click the link to join our Zoom meeting or use the uh, one tap from your smartphone to call us or call us 699-900-6833. And you will meet Earl and he will put you in the Earl Green Room and then you will be on air with us. And when I say us, I mean me. I mean me. I mean you, Norman, and mm -hmm. I mean our very special guest, who is a co-producer of Lower Decks. He mm -hmm. is uh, hes absolutely awesome. He is Brad Winters, and we're talking about you know an insider of the highest degree over at Lower Decks. So, Brad, welcome to the show. It is a pleasure to have you here. How's it going tonight? Welcome. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Kaplaz, everyone. Kaplaz. 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 I don't know my actual title. I think I'm a producer now. I you're okay. I was a okay. co-producer. You're a co-producer. Sure. Now you're a producer. Okay. Got yes. it. Got I'm going to be very, very Hollywood. <laughs> okay, yeah. But, but look, but it is important to know that, that you are, I mean, you are a producer. I'm, I'm climbing who, my way up that ladder. Uh, but but you're, you're the guy who makes things go. That That is what I am told by uh, a co-producer here at oh, Roddenberry okay. Entertainment. They're like, no, no, Brad's the guy who makes it go. Yeah. I, I do. I, I'm greasing some wheels behind the scenes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm making sure Lower Decks gets out the door. Good. Like, literally good. just stopped. I, all honesty, my computer is open right now. There's some, we've got some records happening tomorrow and I'm doing 
I'm doing some double duty. I apologize. No, that's but fine. Again, that, multitasking. Multitasking is, yeah. It, it, would be, yeah. it would be a, a horrible mistake if you were doing that and you're reading along and then you just start spouting off dialogue to... that comes from season four. And we just <laughs> suddenly... Yeah, Boimler dies. Got, oh, my God. Whoa. No. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. But, well, well, which Boimler? Yeah. Oh, see, exactly. I hope it's someone with the big, uh, the, the mosquito wings, the, the fly wings. I want, I want that one. Yeah. Now that's just a guy that he's not a Boimler. He's a guy that looks. No, that's kind of true. Like Boimler, if you just walked in very quickly on the Alhambra. Right. And you just weren't really paying attention. Maybe you're a busycation who's at a star base and all the ships look alike to you. That, but, that would be it. That's how yes. it would go. Yeah. Well, look, uh, tell us how you, I mean, let, let's start at the beginning. How did you get to uh, where you are now? Because I noticed that uh, I've looked back at IMDb. There's some very cool stuff oh. that you've worked on. I mean, Family Guy, Robot Chicken, uh, Futurama, Tron Uprising. Yes. Very proud of Tron. So yeah, good. Very, good. very small part on Tron, but uh, a beloved show. Turns yeah. out Disney XD wasn't ready for a kid show about suicide bombers. Um, uh, <laughs> didn't fit the but a, an incredible show, incredible production. Yeah, Elijah. So many people uh, on that. Yeah, Elijah Wood. You had Bruce Brox Leitner. You had James Frain. I mean, amazing, amazing voice cast. On Paul, that Paul show. Rubens. Paul, yep. incredible on that show. Oh, yeah. uh, Aaron Paul. We had so many great people, and then Joe Trapanese's score, his music. Uh, he's gone on to bigger and better. I mean, he was doing bigger and better things back then, but his career's blown up. Uh, Alberto Miego, like who, you know, into the Spider-Verse, his art style, uh, an incredible team, great people. And uh, Bill, one of our writers on Tron, now on Strange New Worlds. Awesome. So I, I, weird, weird little synergy. By the you way, I, who you'll work with again. I, I want to come back to that because I do have questions about Tron and some of the things you've worked on. But oh, actually, no. <laughs> we have an important question that just came in from somebody okay. in our audience. And he wants to know, he wants us to ask you how many windows the Cerritos has. <laughs> well, Maybe a couple of weeks, and I'll get back to you. Okay, all right. Well, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to get back about that question because that question came from Mike it, McMahon. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. my phone is my phone is blowing up. Yeah, he's yeah. making fun of my lighting, Mike. I wanted to look like a Twitch streamer. That's what the kids do. Right? It's cool. I <laughs> do you have you. a hue bulb back there? Is that? Uh, oh, I'm I'm yeah. living that hue life. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm completely. It's me, our uh, supervising director and producer Barry Kelly. We are simpatico on the hue. We we were talking about our light recipes. We're we're very bit. It's dumb. Make fun Look, of us. <laughs> I, I I am a I'm a, a hue enthusiast, and I will not lie. I do have a setting called Borg, where everything oh. goes green. So you'll have to give me that recipe. I, I will. will. Implement it. Yeah. I will. Mike, yeah. I was yeah. just trying to match my shirt. I was trying to be oh. complimentary to the. Okay. Our it's Paradoxus I, movie shirt. I, I assume that he's still listening. Let me just point out that Mike, Mike McMahon <laughs> yeah, has well. never he has never prepared that hard <laughs> he's, for an interview with us. He's no. never done anything that detailed or that themed to chat with us. So he knew you were coming, Brad. So yeah, I, I'm sorry, Mike. Mike, he was coming for you. Yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, so, so he's let, furious. I'm talking about Tron. 
But, but, but no, we're going back to Tron because I, okay. I want to know. You have all these cool credits. You worked on Tron. You worked on Robot Chicken. You worked on Family Guy. A little, all these the, the littlest bit. Family Guy, I'll take. I, I did a okay. lot of work on Family Guy. Robot Chicken. Very, I was Seth Green's assistant and Matt Sinreich was the creator's uh, EPs of the show. So, like, I never want to take away from, like, the very talented, like, the artists and stuff that work on Robot Chicken. Stop Motion is a... It's like they take the hardest, most difficult parts of animation and the hardest yeah. parts of live action, and they combine them together <laughs> right. to make a very difficult, slow, like it, it's in, the level of craftsmanship. It's insane. If you ever like watch any making of for stop motion for anything and you start to understand just yeah. how nuts it is, like very talented people. I said, I answered phones in another building. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky I you. Yeah. Good, so we yeah. were, we weren't like, like at the, like the Phil Tippett level of like doing like what, like one frame per second, you know, that kind of, thing. no, I was, I was coming down and like sticking my head behind a curtain saying like, Hey, some people, there's a tour that wants to come through. Uh, would it be a big bother if they, I, I was <laughs> um, yeah, there's many people I've met that worked at Robot Chicken when I was there, and we've they're like, I never saw you. I'm like, why? Yeah. You would only see me if you were in a lot of trouble. Like, <laughs> you're coming up to the <laughs> boss's office. Yeah. Robot Chicken still gave us one of my favorite lines of all time, which is the Emperor saying, what the hell's an aluminum falcon? Aluminum I, falcon? I, I, yeah, yeah. I love. But, yeah, uh, I believe voiced by guys. one of my other old bosses, Seth MacFarlane. Yes, believe, right. Yeah. Oh, there that guy, friend, yeah. friend of the show, Seth MacFarlane. Oh, yeah. Who? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Does he like Star Trek? Is I, he you know, maybe, maybe you <laughs> should ask him sometime. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I heard he likes a show well, called The Orville. Maybe I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah. So, h- how did all of that get you to uh, to Lower Decks? Uh, so I had worked. I fumbled my way into working at Family Guy and into animation, literally getting coffee, getting the lunches, and then kind of just went around and asked every single person there, what do you do? What's your job? How does this all work? I love cartoons. I love animation. I love the process. And just slowly learned, 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 moved up, moved up. And then a couple years into being there, well, more than a couple, (laughs) after many years there, Uh, an opening happened at 20th Century Fox Television, working for Marcy Cretto, who was uh, she kind of oversees all of animation production and has for decades at this point. So any Fox animated show like Simpsons, Family Guy, King of the Hill, Futurama, uh, the list goes on and on. Now, Bob's Burgers. Um, she was the executive overseeing all that and she needed a new assistant. And so I hopped over there and on my first day there, I met one of the other assistants down the hall, a man named Mike McMahon. And like, oh. that's kind of where all that happened. He was on the development side. So the creative, smart, funny coming up with stuff. And I was on the, but how does it get made? How does it happen? You know, who, what unions do you need to call? What guilds? What, you know, all of that stuff. And yeah. that's where our friendship began and literally when he started uh, his Twitter account, TNG season eight, that was literally like him coming down to my cubicle, like, Hey, um, you, you seen this Twitter account? Uh, do you think it's funny? And like, he was, he was keeping it hidden. And I was like, this is hilarious. Then I'm like, this is someone we know uh-huh. because like the followers on it. And he's like, I was trying to do the math. And he was like, it's me. It's me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm trying to, like, it's just me. And we just, we were in a staff meeting. 
and it was just blowing up. The Twitter account was getting more and more followers and more and more stuff. And our, the head of our department at the time is like, what are you two chuckleheads on the cat? Like, what are you guys doing over there? Cause Mike's showing me his phone and it's just growing and growing and growing. And then, you know, we both moved around to different places. I still production and like development Mike into writing and you know, Star Trek's just always kind of been this thread. So the warped, the book, the early versions of that came out reading drafts of that, trying to hook him up with artists. There was a, yeah, like that whole development process. It's just, yeah, it's been a through line. Nerdiness in sci-fi has been a through line through our friendship. So it's been fun. You know, we worked together at 20th all those years ago. And then it was fun that Lower Decks came around and it was like, hey, this is a chance not just to work on Star Trek, but you get to work with your buddy. So it's fun. There's another. (laughs) (laughs) Until he's texting you. Until he's harassing you. Let's see. He needs to stop. Well, look, if he's still harassing you, it's very important. We have another. I can't can't show you what he just said. (laughs) Well, we have another very important question in the chat, and that's from Carlos. Is it from Mike? No, it's from Carlos, but he says, what does Mike like for lunch? You're going to get a free lunch out of this, by the way. I've never. I've I never got lunches for Mike. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. When we were assistants, I don't know. We used to go to this one food truck on the Fox lot. I don't know if it's still there. Mark's Superfood, I think it was called. Hmm. Maybe a wrap. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't I'm, I'm very food motivated and yeah. my food. So I don't think I was ever tracking. <laughs> like, I'm like, everyone else is ordering their meal. And I'm like, yeah, you do you. I need, yeah. I want this. I'm locked in on what I want. Sure. I mean, we saw like sure. the Cerritos, we saw like nachos, burritos, you know, like so comfort up. food. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of, uh, there's big prominent guacamole scene for yeah. 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 lower yeah. decks. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of a, it came out of, you know, when you're starting to do the design process of stuff, I can't remember exactly where, it, where it originated from, but the idea of like, you know, you need to have food, you know, the, the yeah. one specific in the script was, uh, Fletcher and the nachos, hmm. like, you know, Dr. Tana eating nachos in season one, episode six. I should know this, nice. but, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, <laughs> she, gets, she gets knocked into her nachos, but it just became a thing, you know, like you kind of always have to have food in the back. You can't just have empty plates and we didn't want to have the classic animation, just little brown piles, just kind of like, right. Nondescript mushy shapes. Uh, so it was like, well, maybe that's, if the California class is like this lower tier of ship, maybe the one little perk the California class has is like they have the best Mexican programs in the replicator. Yeah. <laughs> like sure. somebody program. So it's been a through right. line. We kind of always like to have Mexican cuisine visually. Uh, I'm glad. And hot knows. bananas. Right. And hot yeah, bananas. Yeah, that was a broken bananas, replicator, right? though. Yeah. yeah yes. <laughs> it should It should have been a plantain. It should have been. Well, that's more Cuban. But uh, it's, again, Heather, food motivated. <laughs> yeah. No, look, I get and, and Heather actually beat me to it in the chat because mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, as she did and now as Jane did, uh, I really want the return of food cubes. I really want those TOS. Style. Oh, the little. Yeah, the TOS, like brightly colored cube foods. Uh, but how yeah. would you explain it? You know, maybe look, it's, uh, it's little bit. I mean, it, and like, this yeah. a little peek into this is a, a very Mike Brad dynamic. Mike would be like, it'd be those funny food cubes, you know, the cubes yeah. from the thing. And then I instantly go, like, yes, but like, 
they haven't had food cubes since like, we haven't seen them. We didn't see them in TNG or Voyager. So like, what's the rationale? Because someone's going to come after and be like, um, excuse me. And like, want to know why are the replicators doing the food cubes? It'd be a whole thing. No, that, so. this, there you go. this is easy. They're, they're doing a, uh, they're doing like a vintage uh, progressive dinner yeah. kind of thing. Yep. Uh, yes. And yeah, it, it's a styled thing. So Bo- we'll, Boimler's we'll obsessed with. He's going through a whole like vintage, vintage week. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The replicators with the you got to have the little automat little door, the little tray. Uh, you do, and look, and I, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that guy and say that those were food synthesizers. I'm so sorry. I'm so oh, sorry. You are okay. right. It's not a replicator. This okay. is not a replicator. Because a pro. I didn't want to, yeah, I didn't want to have to go there, but I'll, I understand. I'll, I'll delete my account. <laughs> Wait, but, but no, who's, who's the Canon guy? Is it you or is it Mike or is it a little bit of both? It, it's a, it's literally it's everyone it's everyone trying to keep everybody else honest. We've got like you know the team from Secret Hideout. We've got uh, you know John Van Sitters reading everything. Oh, we have David Ward, yeah. great partner. We have Doctor yeah. Aaron. We have a Trexpert. We have Catherine Lynn, who's going through our scripts. And then now, what's been nice? Season one was a lot of like no 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 like I know you you went and looked at some reference, but we're in this era of Star Trek. Things should look like this. It would be like this. Right. Uh, now to see so many people on the crew have become Star Trek fans and have gotten into watching the old episodes and the shows, uh, that now it's like something comes up and one of the artists will be like, well, no, I think wasn't there that episode of Enterprise? And it's like, oh, I can kind of ease it, ease it back. I don't have to be as like researching all the variations of fire extinguishers that have ever been seen on screen in Star Trek and decide which is, which is the fire extinguisher that we, you know, like, yes, I know that Dr. Bashir used this one in this one episode of DS9, but like, was that a Bajoran fire extinguisher? Oh my God. Was he on the, you know, like there's the, is it, is it a leftover Cardassian one that was like, it's just built in the infrastructure. These are the, this is my insanity. (laughs) Wow. This is, what I think of. And if it ever is wrong, a Q did it. Yeah, it's it just a Q. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not that the, Q, yeah. the other Q. Yeah. The other Q. Yeah, the I, I like your in the preamble, you're like, yeah, Q. And at first I was like, well, Q2. And I'm like, no, wait, Q2 is that other other He's, Q. Uh-huh. The other, yeah. yeah. This is Death Wish Q. Yeah. Yeah. Like a mm-hmm. d- very different Q. Plus, yeah. plus, when you're there, you get Q and then you get 2Q. Yeah. So yeah, it, wasn't Q two? Wait, it's what's his face, right? Isn't like Corbin? Corbin? I can't. We well, had him. Yeah, and then and then he had TNG. Amanda. He had Amanda Rogers. Yeah. Then you know that yeah. was Olivia Debeau, and then you yeah. had a, ding, a dangling thread. Yeah. Let's get her yeah. back in. Let's have her make more puppies. See, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, puppies on the Enterprise. That's. I, I feel like people at uh, Lura Dex listen to Mission Log. I don't know, but I'm just. Saying maybe they listen. Um, I mean, you got one. I got, <laughs> no, okay. you, got, you, got, you have at least two. There you we go. There we go. Stop. Uh, let's uh, let's jump over to our <laughs> okay. uh, first. Mike call. is saying oh. Boimler claims he likes the food cubes, but he won't admit that they taste like shit and give him diarrhea. Mike, <laughs> if you don't want me to read these out, 
Don't, don't well, you can do it. Just gives her, it just gives Earl more work to uh, to bleed yeah. things later. Yeah. That's oh, fine. sorry. Can we do we not cuss? I'm so sorry. Uh, you, you know what? It's I'm, only I'm it's only for the algorithm. And yeah. I know okay. that Mike has a dirty, filthy mouth. We are uh, we're all a little bit. Dr. Thomas. But <laughs> but bit. we I'll, yeah. But we I'll, never want to block anybody. I'll try okay. to PG it down. <laughs> I'll PG thirteen myself. Fair fair. <laughs> Well, let's go to our first caller, who I'm sure can also keep it PG-13, and that is Paul Harvath there with Tendi calling as he does. Paul, how are you doing tonight? Great, John. Great, Norman. It's a hey. pleasure to meet you, Brad. Um, how exciting your job must be to work on this phenomenal show. Congratulations oh, on just, just, a, just a great effort. Oh, my word. It's just been so enjoyable to watch. Uh, I got, you know, two major points that I want to bring up. Um, first of my all, points are issues. <laughs> those, those spaceships be directed at Mike. Those <laughs> models over your shoulder. Is that the Nautilus no. and the <gasps> Proteus? No. Wait. No, how did I miss no, this? no, 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 no. Wait. No, okay. People so are looking. A, Hang on. Now, that's, now a, I gotta that's, that's a runabout. Blow up my right. window. That, that, a that's bit. from another franchise we won't talk about. That's not the Nautilus. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, okay. that is a that's a separate IP. Sorry, I'm, I'm off brand. <laughs> that's uh, all right. I got my Tom Paris plate. That's a little nice. Deep Space Nine. That's a there much larger Deep Space Nine. I'm partial to Deep Space Nine. Uh, and then we've got a, a Starbase, maybe 80. Uh, hey, something else from another IP. Nice. Got an Enterprise D. We've got uh, a Cerritos. That's Everyone is like straight up like straining their eyes yeah. right now for the other. Yeah. And we got a we got a the Deradex. Can you guys? Can oh, you that's tell a that ship. The, yeah. yeah. During the uh, pandemic, could you tell that anytime Eagle Moss had a like yeah. five three? Yeah, I got. <laughs> that yeah, was yeah. huge. <laughs> I made myself happy with little little ships to hold and like oh. yeah. Please okay. come back, Eagle Moss. Right. Because yeah. selfishly, we started doing the thing like. Let's design the ship so they make it. <laughs> like, yeah, like, let's make well, an ostler. Like, well, John, we were having a, that discussion yeah. about the uh, we have the John the Van Sitters Sovereign yeah. class. So if anyone's going to be able to, to push Sovereign class, right? Yeah. Exactly. So like uh-huh. Van Sitters, like, well, I'd like to have my Sovereign class, please, with my name on it. So let's make he, that. Happen. He's the one that can make it happen. I feel bad, Paul. I cut you off to talk about like my shelf. Uh, I asked the question. That's, no, this, is, this is kind of what we do. Yeah. I just—it's amazing how bad my eyes are. The video. Oh, feed. it's very dark. It's very dark, and it's purposely. I just moved into this place. The lights are hiding a lot of. The lighting's hiding a lot. Yeah, this so, is messy. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty. I—I I gotta ask a question. The. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so all these Easter eggs, particularly the visual Easter eggs, we know that, you know, Mike and his his staff are really good at creating these written Easter eggs that people say. All those little drawn Easter eggs all over the place, are those in the script or do the artists have some leeway there? Like, like for example, have... the Spock helmet. Is that the kind of thing that you're... Oh, just just little ones yeah. everywhere, John. You know, when yeah. you look on people's shelves or you look at, yeah. the, particularly the collector, sure. since, you know, I do that uh, sort of thing, too. Yeah. It's that... It, it's a mix. I, I'm going to say sometimes... I can't remember, like, the Spock helmet, if it's specifically called out, but... It, it, the artists do have a lot of leeway. It's not... Okay. It's, it, it is not a, like, you get in there and the script says you know the collectorship in season two or the job fair in season three it wasn't a you know it was calling out hey we're going to see some of these people but it wasn't a like this is what 
is at the collector's guild. This is what it's at the 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 artists go through and they they put a bunch of stuff in. They're coming up with it. Like I said, they've come to know the show and enjoy the show and they're putting those things in. And so it's kind of fun when the design dailies come in, you're sort of like, oh wait, is that this? Is that that like it's a lot, it's coming from the team. Um there's a lot of fun stuff that's, you know, put in there by the artist. Have has has anything slipped by that you didn't see the first time and said, <laughs> well, maybe we shouldn't have done that. I won't comment, but maybe there might be. <laughs> it there, it there, just, there's, there's, I'll say this. There's been stuff that's come in that we're like, what a fun thing. That's a fun idea. And then someone on Twitter will be like, look, they referenced this real world product that existed in 1970, whatever. Like I'm thinking of there's a, like a charcuterie board. Mm. that was in i was like oh i didn't i had no idea that that was a product that ex- i didn't know we were referencing something i thought that was just <laughs> what a cute idea there's a prop that mike has refused to allow into the show and i'm gonna call oh. him out now no, so we yeah, can get call it him in. out and we're yeah. we're all everybody we, banded together yeah uh we'll all give you his email address later and you yeah can- <laughs> we yeah. uh in episode i always get three and four mixed up from season one but the one where uh Mariner is promoted in an attempt to get her to leave the ship. When you're seeing her new quarters, there was a fruit bowl and the bowl was a little kind of like Cerritos. So it was like a saucer section, little Cerritos bowl. Nice. And Mike was like, that's a little, it's cute guys, but like, let's dial it back, which I find hilarious because Mike is the king of like, put a delta on it. Like it's yeah, a chair, but yeah, put a delta right. on. <laughs> I mean, gets it, look, if in Trek 2009, first of all, replete with deltas, just an, uh, yeah. uh, an uncomfortable number of deltas in that movie. But if Captain Pike uh, can have like a little uh, a little salt shaker of the Kelvin, you can have a Cerritos fruit bowl. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna push yes. for. It. I yeah. I've tried since season one to get it back. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime there's a place where a bowl could be, I was like. You know, we already have it. It's designed, ready to go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, it's yeah. a long rambling answer. I'm sorry. Second, <laughs> second point. Sort of. <laughs> second point I'll, I'll ask. Uh, it seems that the um, major consternation within the show is caused by um, created things, i.e. Badgie, Peanut Hamper, and this heavy uh, admiral person. Peanut Hamper, peanut hamper was not created. <laughs> she has her own autonomy. <laughs> is it, it's, Badgie is someone else. Badgie is all Rutherford or Red Rutherford. Not even there Rutherford. you go. Red you know, it, it just seems like they're all sort of, you know, self-induced from Starfleet versus, um, you know, having like aliens to fight anymore. Is this sort of a reflection on today's society with AI, AI and that kind of thing? Or you guys just, uh, have, eh, it's just we picked these guys. I don't know. I think it's, it's plain. That's more, it's more of my question. I don't want to speak for him, but I think a lot of it is, you know, if I'd wonder if we did the math where, you know, there's stuff that's created by the, our lower deckers, like screwing something up or like making a mistake versus the thing that's happening is, you know, external, something they're coming across. And we went back and did the ratio of, TNG original series, everything you know. The math. I'd I'd be curious to run the numbers of how much is like the crew screwed something up or they inadvertently, you know, 
you go down to a planet, you pick up a flower. Next thing you know, somebody's getting too vexed. Like, oh, in a, in a too, too soon. Oh, we're he had to go there. Show and, he had uh, to go there. Too vexed already came up. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. Know. yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I will say there are some things that are definitely Mike trying to make reflections of the world. Um, it is fun- funny to me that he had to like explicitly come out and say what the fact lids were meant to be invoking. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> that it had to be like, guys, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I think a lot of it is just, you know, you, you've got our young, young guys that make some mistakes. Some foibles happen. It's not intentional. Maybe you're cleaning a statue and you inadvertently, inadvertently, you know, activate an ancient strange energy device or, you know, you, uh, what is it? The one night in sick bay where it's like, you know, like you, it, if we've had captains inadvertently like screw up diplomatic situations by saying the wrong thing at the wrong, you know, like, right. Yes. So yes. to me, it makes sense <laughs> that a, a lower decker can very easily make a mistake by bringing the wrong, you know, they were supposed to bring the wood box, but they brought, you know, the crystal box, but they brought the wood box. Yeah. Nice enterprise reference, by the way, Brad, well done on that. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah well done. All the way around. <laughs> and and Less- I, I do love, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Paul. I was going to say, no. I do love how all these things in lower decks just become sort of a known part of the universe because a lot of these that we see in either TOS or next gen or whatever, uh, it, it's like this rare, weird thing, but you know, here we are in lower decks. It's like, oh, it's another one of those Brigadoon planets that just pops yeah, into. Yeah, it. like, like I, I, I the love galaxy the is fan lousy reviews. with them. Yeah, yeah, I like watching the fan review where like someone will say like, oh, they're referencing this episode. I'm like, we we, we weren't. We yeah, were referencing right. referencing <laughs> this one. episode, and yeah. like the fact that it, it, yeah, like how many semi-omnipotent beings are there? How many energy clouds are there? I always think of that Futurama episode, right, where the the villain, and it's like, I loved all the episodes, especially the three about the energy creature. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. they, they come up, it's yeah. it's how it's how our guys deal with it, and it's how, it's how it's presented, you know, not to get too much in the sausage of, like, narrative storytelling, but, like, there's only so many stories, guys. There's, you right. know, the boss yeah. is coming over for dinner and uh, like, uh oh, the house is a mess. You know, like we we have that with a reporter's coming over and like the the ship and this ship's crazy. You know, like these. Right. The joy is in seeing how these characters that hopefully I and mean, it seems like a big chunk of the fandom have grown to really care about and love, and uh, that's been a huge you know thing for me to see is that like with so you know we've only had thirty episodes there. Yeah, people have like very strong feelings about all our characters, but then they have strong feelings about like Miglimo or like people love the whales or like yeah. I love that we can just give a little bit and then like a whole fandom sprouts up. And I like that. I like that we're seeding these old characters throughout. Uh, Paul, I'm sorry, you had one uh, one last question here. Yeah, uh, one last thing. Uh, we can't get enough of uh, Talin coming up, and hopefully, you can talk to Mr. Van. Really? So, so oh, my yeah. friend is so Talin a popular yeah. character. So, so, so my friend Tendy here can have someone to talk to uh, when I when I come on, you know, on screen. It'd be nice go. at both of them here to consult with. Yeah. So, I, I, I like that Mike had to get ahead of it a year ago, and he's like, guys, Talin. She's coming, but she's not going to be next season. And all season long, it's like, where is she every, every <laughs> week? And it's like, well, she's not here yet. Why isn't she here? I'm like, she's not. I can promise you. 
Talyn's there. She's around. She's not in every episode, but she's in a lot of episodes. You will get you will get to win. Wedge Dush was such a huge episode. Were you surprised yeah. by that? Uh, I'm gonna not totally surprised. I, I was surprised how I think it's one of our best episodes, if not yeah. our best. But I was surprised how many people it got like maybe weren't watching Lower Decks. And like we're like okay now I'll check this out. The fact that it was nominated for a Hugo, Mike and I were like, oh, "That's awesome!" But like <laughs> as sci-fi nerds, we're like, "Wow, wow, that's incredible." Um, I will say though that Mike called it from the he's like, "It's the best." Like this is an important special episode from the start. Mm-hmm. I was like, "They're all." <laughs> I'm very producer. Like they're all our babies. They're all important. Um, but M- Mike knew how special that was very very early in the process i came around to it as the like he was like script one is done this is a special special episode i was like well you know like when you get the actors in because like with that one it's so much of our not our main cast so the casting of like john curry as mock and gabrielle as as talin and like all the other casting all those vulcans you know, it was sort of, I'm like, uh, maybe it'll work. And it all did. It was great. And then you get Chris Westlake's music, the art team, and the battle. It's great. It all came together. It's a very Lower Dexy episode. And it has maybe one of my favorite jokes, the, uh, you know, Talyn's leaving to, and the Vulcan's just standing there. And the one guy, like, she has lost all control. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's great. Uh, Vulcan VO is a lot of like arms behind your back, lift one eyebrow, tilt your head. A lot of the records with Gabrielle have been, you know, like, no, 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 I need you. You're angry, but Vulcan angry. Yeah. You're mad, but Vulcan angry. So it's just the mm-hmm. slightest. Right. <laughs> I'm like, you're throwing a little shade. So it's just a slight, like, hmm. It's a lot of that. Adding, hmm. Well, <laughs> like, fascinating. Uh, it's a testament to to watch like Ethan on Strange New World. Like he, I think he's knocking it out of the park. So great. Um, all right, I'm rambling again. I'm sorry. It's okay, uh, Paul, <laughs> live long and prosper, sirs, as she would yeah. say. There you go. <laughs> so you gotta, Paul, you take care. Thanks, Paul. And uh, good timing because we do have to go to the break here in just a second. But I, I apologize. The chat got past me. I didn't realize that it had paused. Much uh, Mike, Mike McMahon jumping in saying. <laughs> Uh, about the bowl, I told them to add the and well, you know, I told them to add the damn bowl. So he's pushing back. I'm a little uncomfortable <laughs> about this. And then uh, Kayla Pavia watching the show. Oh, no. about damn time. Uh, saying Mike going off about the damn bowl. She's right. So she is. yeah, yeah. I'll talk to our art director Nolan, and I will. I don't think the bull's in there, but we'll see if the bull's in there. Maybe okay, it's in there season look, four, and I'm missing. It, you need that, and then that'll become a consumer product. We'll get yeah, to see, and we'll say, look, you, you can make this just like that Tom I Pence want my plate. pizza cutter. I want my bottle opener. I want yeah. a cerebral. I want all the things. All the things, yeah. Uh, all right, perfect point here as we're talking about crass commercialism to go to a break. Alan, <laughs> hold on. John Arminio, hold on. We will be right back. Uh, Norman, I am so excited. This is like the perfect joining of our interests. It's Star oh, sure. Trek, Star Trek and booze. 
uh, mm-hmm. is where where <laughs> we've met our perfect sponsor now. We are so happy to welcome Star Trek Spirits to the Mission Log family. And uh, we have a little bit of a preview here for you tonight. Because starting next Monday, November 21st, that is when StarTrekSpirits.com will go live. That's when you can start to order one of these incredible-looking Romulan bottles. You've got a Romulan vodka, and you have the Romulan rice. It's beautiful. The the vodka on your screen there, that's the one to the left, the lighter color. The rye has the darker color. Here's what you do, because the the site is not officially launched yet. But if you go there, if you go to StarTrekSpirits.com, put in your information, you will get an announcement. You'll get an email that'll have all the details. But here's the part you need to remember. They have a special checkout code for us, for our listeners. Easy to remember, Roddenberry, R-O-D-D-E-N-B-E-R-R-Y, and you will get a... uh, uh, and as yet to be announced premium gift with your order. So Star Trek spirits.com. There's more to come, by the way, uh, we're just saying, we're just previewing here, the Romulan bottles, which look amazing. And they went through so much to get those bottles absolutely right. So you can display them proudly and drink some delicious booze. Uh, Norm, you had some of that booze at STLV. Yeah, we had the opportunity. I mean, it was fantastic to be able to be like part of some of the tasting uh, uh, events there at at Star Trek Las Vegas, you know, with Star Trek Spirits. Uh, Narda, yes, you want those bottles. We all want those (laughs) bottles. Anyone who is a fan of Star Trek and that aesthetic of like those bottles, you want those bottles. So make sure that you follow us and follow the information that's being parsed out, you know, from this point forward. The we we tasted the spirits. The spirits are fantastic, and uh, you know uh, it's always it's always wonderful to have this this partnership between like the product and the aesthetic that you get to collect. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, when you're done with a, with a product, you get to actually have this. You get to have this bar that you've been wanting to collect for years, you know, and create like this wonderful bar situation for yourself with the glasswork, with the design, and with a representation of Star Trek, like in your own personal uh, personal space, you know, whether it's your bar, yeah. whether it's your kitchen, you know, whether at home, whether on your, your desk or your shelf. It is as gorgeous in person as you think it is. It yeah. really, really is. So yes, make sure that you you follow us. You follow uh, Star Trek Spirits, the Romulan Ale. Both variations are absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you can't go wrong with this. You really can't. Yep. So go there today, StarTrekSpirits.com. Sign up so you get the announcement when those products go live. And then remember to use Roddenberry as that checkout code, and you will get a gift. So get a gift for yourself. Give a gift of some booze. Everybody wants that. Uh, StarTrekSpirits.com. And just for like two seconds, of course, reminding everybody... Go join us at patreon.com slash mission log because that's how you get to the mission log discord and the incredible amount of high quality conversation that's there better than this conversation because it's not just me and you rambling, Norman. I mean, that's not it's everyone else against, rambling too. Yeah, it's not a sight against <laughs> Brad. I'm just saying it's not just me and you. It's everybody else who's really bringing their A game to the mission log discord. So join us there. You can only get there from patreon.com slash mission log and uh, we'll see you there. We'll see you there in the discord too hey we have a we have a uh, compliment here from uh ryan husk hello ryan husk hey ryan hey good to see you buddy the ogs in this business yes (laughs) 
<laughs> nice to see you, my friend. Yeah. Thanks for joining. All right. Well, let's get back to the show because I know that we've got a couple more callers standing by. Uh, of course, from the Cerritos is Alan calling in. Alan, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Oh, we're doing we're doing great down here. Uh, John, Norman, <laughs> Brad, it's nice to meet you. Um, everything's going swimmingly down here. We're in, we're enjoying our own Star Trek spirits. Nice. You yes, see. you are. You. Of course. So, yeah. Of course we're, you are. Yeah. Everything's going I, I well. believe, if I remember that episode, though, you're in the brig, right? Yeah. <laughs> I could be, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> this is... <laughs> yeah, they've, yeah, they've just they've uh, just delivered some. They, they did the testing, and uh, yeah, right? uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I think so. Yeah, I, sh- I mean, I should know. You don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, <laughs> Alan. What's on your mind tonight? Well, you know, first of all, God bless this fan base. Yes, booze. But we're really excited about those bottles. Yes, booze. we are right. We're right. <laughs> yeah, the but packaging because you, is you, amazing. Because you want the thing that looks in universe. That, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. You know, right. I'm yeah. not a big red wine guy, but I want that oh. Canar bottle. I want the uh, oh, oh that that bottle. Oh, is you want that? Phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely you do phenomenal. Want that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I might know a guy, Brad. Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, <laughs> and and of course, yeah, a, a fruit bowl that's shaped like one of the ships. People are going to buy that. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's get on that. Whatever, whatever it takes. Uh, but I just, God, I I just cannot express how much I love this crazy little show and uh, and Thank just you. everything that it's sort of brought to Star Trek or or more even more appropriately brought back to star trek you know speaking of the 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 discord and the patreon you know we we have a lot of discussions there and recently there have been a couple of discussions about canon and one of the things that i dearly appreciate about lower decks is that it seems almost intent on taking all those weird little things and that that maybe sometimes fans get a little precious about with Star Trek and say, no, it's all there. <laughs> 50 foot Spock, he's there. This season, yep. Kukulkan, he's back. Ah, oh, yes. And yep. that's that turned out to be a timely reference, didn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was but, very uh, glad. Oh, because of uh, Wakanda? I, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm like, Spoilers for Wakanda. (laughs) It's in the the trailer. It's in the trailer. (laughs) I don't watch trailers. I don't know. I'm that that guy. I want to be surprised. I want to come in. There you go. Yeah. You're a better man than I in that sense. <laughs> you know, Alan, you've been um you you've been a huge supporter of like Lower Decks from the very beginning. And I think oh, that sure. there's like I think I think that there's like a an interesting shift in the fan base right now where like fans they're clinging on to maybe the canonical structure in the history of Star Trek, maybe a little too little too closely. And then some were just like, you know what? I just want to be entertained. I want to have fun. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to look at Star Trek and remember what was, yeah, sure, canonically serious, but at the same time, though, be able to move forward with the fandom and say, like, you know what? This is just fun. It's fun again. It's fresh. It makes me laugh. It entertains me. And at the end of the day, I could talk to friends about it who's never been into Star Trek before and, like, you know what? You guys are going to laugh. You guys are going to have fun. You're like, laugh at Star Trek? What are you talking about? It's like, of course you can. <laughs> Of course you can, because yeah. like being able to parody something and being able to create something that has a little bit more like levity in your canon, that's like that's that's how much you actually do love it. 
Yeah. You know, to be that's, able to take that seriousness and kind of like put it on the wayside. That's, Brad, the, that's the human part of it in, in a way. That's the accessible bit is that, you know, these really are just, you know, everyday people, you and me going through life, uh, cleaning blank out of the holodeck blank filters <laughs> I, I i will always argue though I, I would argue though that all all trek has always been funny yeah. it's just the ratio the ratio has yeah. always been there there's always been a little levity there's always been funny there, even back in tos era that you know a little like a little quip and then you know a wink to the camera there's been these little there's always been the little bits it's just lower decks has changed the comedy ratio is a little higher and the like serious drama <laughs> bring down like because wage douche good example like you know we've had some some serious stuff happen this last season you know boimler dealing with mortality and his transporter clone you know spoilers uh <laughs> but uh you know we will get a little serious but for the most part we're we're having jokey fun time and yeah. other treks are a little serious and a little jokey fun for for every messed up huge galaxy spanning story you need to have an episode where somebody's learning to tap it like that's just that's star trek yeah brad did did Absolutely. you pay attention much before season when one went on the air where were you kind of tuned in to <laughs> fan uh maybe some misplaced uh fan opinions uh i mean or did did you try to tune it no out? i hadn't heard anything um no it's been it's been interesting though Season one, there was a lot of like, guys, th- let's be honest, the the deck's kind of stacked against us. We're mm-hmm. a comedy, that hasn't been a thing before. We're animated, that hasn't been a thing in a generation for viewership. Uh, we're a half hour, that's a first. We have so many things stacked against us, which I think is why we lean so heavily into let's just make it feel and look like the era we're in. So like right away, you know, let's go with the traditional L cars. Let's have everything be gunmetal gray. <laughs> let's get some carpet on those floors. You know, uh, oh boy. just so like we're coming with so many wild angles of the, the fandom. Let's, let's create some sense of like familiarity. And we even did that, I think, with like the main titles. You know, the main titles could have been a, you know, like, uh, hey, we're going around the ship and we're seeing a bunch of people do wacky stuff. And instead, it's like, no, let's do a big cinematic classic. It's just the ship. It's beauty shots of the ship. But then let's find the way to have that full orchestra, have the beauty shots of the ship, but still reveal, like, eh, <laughs> like they're messing up a little bit. Um, and... Yeah, it's been. I'm rambling again. I'm sorry. Here's what I'm curious about, though, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're working on season one kind of in a vacuum. Like, yes, the announcement goes out. Yes, there are fans who are already upset about something that they're not going to see for another year. That's just how fandom works. I mean, uh, (laughs) that reception at Comic Con 2019 in Hall H was. (laughs) 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 Okay, but but here's what. But here's what happens then. Then at a certain point, the fandom catches up with the production because season one gets out there. People get to see it, digest it. You've already got season two in the can. Here we are where season three has finished airing, but you're already in production and far along in production. Season four finished writing a very long time ago. This will always be the thing with Lower Decks. The seasons are written (laughs) and production has started 
months before anyone's seen the previous season. But is there anything that acts as, I I don't want to say a course correction because I wouldn't imply that anything was wrong, but is there anything? You try to steer Mike McMahon in any direction. Oh God, it would never. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Well, no, it's, uh, I can honestly say there is no, Mike is pretty assured about his vision and his ideas for the show. There's no, there's no kind of fretting about uh, the, the concerns and the feedback are like listened to interpreted. I think like he did a really great interview uh, recently with Jesse gender. I mm. like mm-hmm. say people should check out yeah. that talks a little bit about some of the criticisms about the Mariner Jennifer storyline, some really good stuff in there, but it's never going to be, it's never a like, Oh, we should change what we're doing because if we listen to what it, you know, season two, uh, three would have just been the Talent show and nothing but wage douche. <laughs> and like, it would have, you know, it, there's what the fandom thinks at once. And I think Mike's really good at going like, you don't even, you don't even know what you want yet. Right. Like I'm going right. to show you something new. That's a great um, point. So yeah, right? season four, it's all, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, John, see, there you go. We've talked about this, John, you know, like yeah. when, when Star Trek, where, you know, we're looking at like a 22 to 24 episode season where we're like, okay, we can actually feel like the network, you know, influencing the, the direction of the season. Whereas this, mm-hmm. like for better or for worse, they're telling, you know, like, like Mike, Brad, you know, you're all telling the story that you want to tell. And it's kind of like, well, this is the story that we want to tell. We've done it like, you know, consistently. We've done it with the tone that we want. We've done it with the voice that we want. We've done it with the direction that we want. So I think that's actually kind of refreshing where it's, yeah, this is the vision. And yeah. if you're going to, you know, if for better or for worse, this is the vision, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's unapologetic, it's pure, it's true. And yeah, you're just going to either you're going to be on board with it or you're not, but at least it's not been influenced or watered down. I yeah. think that's actually a testament to be able, you know, to be able to do that in streaming, you know, entertainment. And I, and I would say coming from a lot of other animation production, the level of notes and network and studio like you know involvement and hey you need to make these changes this is the smoothest sailing ship i've ever been on in terms of we turn in an episode secret hideout cbs paramount plus are like cool great like you know there might be one like wait in act three is this and we're like oh yeah yeah yeah. in color it's going to be this and they're like awesome great that's what we thought just wanted to make sure we've never really gotten massive like uh oh, you know, guys, what's yeah. going on here? Like, right. I have to give testament to like Kurtzman, uh, Aaron, Robin, everyone at Secret Hideout, plus the teams at CBS. Uh, you know, we've just gotten a lot of support, and it's been frankly unusual in a television endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Tron uh, uprising. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's a callback. Um, I, I would, we've got two more callers that I want to get to tonight. Alan, do you have any, say, uh, any parting shots here? I, no, just, uh, yeah, I, I definitely don't want to uh, take a, any more time because I know we've got other people, but um, just, uh, again, just love it. Keep up the good work and that, uh, you know, I, it, at the end of the day, we've always said when we've talked about these episodes that it's, you know, yes, it's funny. Yes, it's a cartoon. Yes, it's still Star Trek. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there you go. Kudos Thank and you. have a have a good rest of your evening. And uh, we'll leave it to our our uh, our friends, John and uh, and uh, and 
we'll see you guys later. All right. Thanks, Alan. Take care, Alan. Yep. Bye-bye. Uh, by the way, just a quick couple of comments here. Narda saying, Lower Decks is very slapstick comedy Trek at times, with a serious side at times. I recall Larry Nimichek, Dr. Trek, comparing it to MASH, and I kind of agree with that. Mm. And uh, Heather saying, Lower Decks is a we love have, We haven't killed a baby yet. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, yes. it just got dark. Uh, Heather says, Lower Decks is a love letter both to Star Trek and Trek fandom. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's sweet, but also I'm realizing, spoilers for, for Mash. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> huge, know, 40, huge 45 year old show. Yeah. Uh, let's go to John Arminio. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. How are you? Good. Hey, good. John. Welcome to the show. And uh, what's on your mind? Yeah. Uh, you know, thank you, Brad, for talking with us. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I love about Lower Decks is the way characters develop throughout the season and, and throughout the, the course of the show. And you give us glimpses into a character's personality that we might have written off as like one dimensional stereotypical. So, so like, you know, ransom uh, continues to, we literally have... just recorded Jerry O'Connell. Nice. Uh, very close <laughs> to my heart. Yeah. 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 I love him. Well, like if one were to, uh, jump to conclusions about what the show is. They might see Ransom as like as a one-dimensional character or, or even Boimler as sort of like a stereotypical uh stereotypical like beta male guy, but clearly uh there are psychological depths to these characters. So I'm wondering are are those extra dimensions planned in, in the writing? Are you saying okay, well we need to develop this character a little more or does that come out sort of naturally in in the writing of each episode? I mean, more more of my question, because I, I, I don't I'm very limited involved in the writing. I mean, okay. Mike tells me, hey, we have a story idea. And I go like, oh, don't do that. Like, <laughs> I, I'm much more the like, wait, wasn't there already an episode that did this? And he's like, no, 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 but it'll be different. And then he goes. <laughs> okay. off and does it. Uh, but I would say a lot of it. Mike could correct me in the chat or wherever later. But I think it's as you go along, you start to know the characters more. Mike's always had a really strong sense of each character on the show. But also they're all like, at first they might seem like it bothers me a little bit when I'll see online sometimes, you know, we saw it in 309. People are like, oh, I can't, I'm so mad at Freeman. I'm so like, I can't believe Freeman would do this or would do this. And I'm like, I think it's very understandable that Freeman based on all the past history she has with her daughter, everything that's happened would make a rash decision. But also we see Freeman go, Oh, all the evidence I had was wrong. I've screwed up and I need to fix this. And I'm distraught over it, which to me, that's human. It's very real. It's very human and not a, you know, just stereotype of like uh, this type of character. The same thing with ransom, you know, like he's, kind of a blowhard kind of like I don't even know how to describe him. I love Ransom so much. There's so we really dialed in with Ransom when Jerry did the line, you know, like uh I can tell you about my summer in Barcelona. Like <laughs> that was like ooh, we know Ransom. And well, and also like when he meets Troy and she's like you're masking a lot of insecurities. Like I can work with that. Like he's just unflappable. But at the end of the day, he's like a really good officer. He cares about, you you know, like he could just be like, I got to get Mariner off this ship. But he's like, no, I'm trying to. And we saw a lot of that in season three, him trying to help Mariner out, you know. 
And uh, he's so ethical. So ethical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I demand yeah. part. I will say this. It was not scripted at the end of the episode, uh, what is that, 302. Mm-hmm. It was not scripted. It was just scripted. Ransom starts to give a, you know, a yeah. speech. And oh, we wow. go off that scene. Jerry is the one in the booth who's like, ooh, what did I, what's that thing I say? Like, this is his, like, <laughs> thing. And Jerry was the one who, like, started doing the, like, though we all may come from different world. And so that sort of established that Ransom has a, like, oh, this is, these are, this is my type five of diplomatic, like, <laughs> kerfuffles, like, how to fix it. Like, he's like a stand-up. He, like, knows how to play the room. And I'm like, th- that stuff happens organically with the actors. It happens in the retake process. It happens as we're, you know, we're working on these episodes. Not to get too into the weeds about it, but, like, season season three got finished about two months ago. So, like, we're working on it right up until it airs. Wow. So, um yeah, it's a, it's. I guess to answer the question, it's a little bit from everybody, but Mike has a very core idea of who these characters are, and can tell you could present any scenario, and he would say, maybe season one Boimler would say that, but not season three. Like they, there's a slow. Let's face it. At the end of the day, it's a sitcom. You know, no one, yeah. no one watches like Cheers, and they're like, Norm hasn't developed as a character. Like Norm is still just going to this bar. Like I, we have we have a little bit of growth with our characters, but I'd also point out that for the timeline of the show, it's been about a year and a half since you've met them. For them, this has been it's been a very busy year and a half, but not that much time has passed for them. Gotcha. Hopefully that answered things. So, <laughs> John, so uh, we we're going to run just a little bit late here. I really want to get in Cherie's call, but John, yeah. any uh, final thoughts tonight? Um, I guess it is because we you you were talking earlier about the the chilly reception uh, at, in 2019, but I think the response to the show has only grown and grown as just oh, it's overwhelming now. Yeah, overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. So I really hope it's gratifying to see just how how much the show has been embraced it, by Star Trek fandom. Like, Star Trek has universally loved this show. Yeah, it. I can't express enough how much going to Mission Chicago and going to that Lower Decks panel and seeing that crowd and seeing that reaction. And then I was walking around with our composer, Chris Wesley, and I won't out him as like, maybe he's not the hugest Star Trek nerd about things. He's a music nerd. It's a different brand. Uh, but he's like, wait, so are the ones with the white stripes? Those are the lower decks ones, right? And I said, yes. And Chris goes, but like almost every person here is wearing the white stripes. And I said, yes, Chris, like that's, that's good. And he's like, so like people like it. (laughs) They absolutely do. He's like, oh, wow, that's, oh, that's great. And like, you know, like to sit there and they showed a clip and the music was playing and people were like, singing along behind him like to get to sit with a friend too the response has been nuts we've cried a lot i cried so much at mission chicago it's dumb the sci-fi sisters you can like listen to their podcast every time i saw them on the floor they made me cry so by like sunday i was like you can't talk to me they're coming up to talk to me i'm like no 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 because every time we cry i'm running away um the response has been great and that's that's wonderful to hear 
Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, th- thank you for all your your great work. Oh, thank you. All right. John, take care. Pleasure to see you tonight. Thank you. Thanks, John. All right. Let's wrap up the show with also a calling from the Serenos. It's Cherie. How are you doing tonight? Oh, are you on? Are you muted? There we go. There we go. go. All right. Oh, thanks for having me on. Sorry, I'm very late, uh, much later than usual. Um, I was feeling rather shy. So uh, my my friends in the chat have egged me on to to ask my questions. I'm asking it Uh not just for myself, but for them as well. Because for me, I was just like, maybe I'm just focusing on this too much. And I want to preface this with, I love this show so, so, so much. Um, it sounds yeah. like there's a huge butt coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. That's a problem because it's a question. It's a question. I feel like maybe I'm just not, I missed something. It feels like maybe I missed something or maybe there's like a spoiler and you're not allowed to tell me. Um, so, I will try to help provocative. if I can. Um, so the first episode says that Rutherford got his implant two weeks ago, but in this season, I believe up until recently, <laughs> like, uh, uh, and until recent, until recently, uh, or th- does he say two weeks? Yeah, it says as of two I'd weeks ago, cybernetically enhanced. Yeah, I have recent, watched yeah, this show so many times. Yeah. <laughs> I've never met a recent cyborg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say that with everything involving Rutherford's implant, which we've kind of learned more so this season, maybe not the most reliable uh, indication of timelines and things. Um, I would say the bigger question is how the, the two implants, when did he get the other implant? Cause there's the, oh. when, when Shaq's died, the implant was ripped off with badging. Uh-huh. And that's the implant we saw at the end of the season that uh-huh. somebody picked up. Uh-huh. I don't say who picked it up, but somebody picked that uh, implant up. So when he was at the star base, he got that new implant, but who also worked at that star base? Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh. See, if, if anything doesn't add up, a Q did it. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. It this is like the that. most perfect soft spoilers. All right, time heard. crystal from Bora. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There yes. you go. There you go. Which, uh, oddly enough, fit very neatly in a Cerritos fruit bowl. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sheree, uh, is is that because uh, you you've kind of uh, indicated that question before? Is that uh, is that the answer yeah. you're looking for? Um, the non-answer answer you were looking for. Perfect. I'm 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 hoping there is is more about Rutherford's storyline because I'm sure I'm sure many of the fans love Rutherford and love his storyline. So. Yeah, I would say there's a lot of, uh, I mean, I don't think it's spoiling. Mike said a little bit about this, but we, I would say this last season three, we got a lot of Rutherford's backstory. Yeah. I think he was kind of underserviced in the backstory department. And I'd say season four is sort of like the Tindy backstory season. We're going to get a lot more. We, oh. we saw little bits of it, but there's, there's more. We get to learn more about Tindy. Just like we got a little... Yeah, I think season one, we got, you know, some of Mariner's background, you know, and look, we'll get that season five, six, seven. Mike, has, if you get Mike started on Billups's backstory. <laughs> he's got things. Oh, God. Yeah. We, I, need, I, I we need more of those like medieval, you know, medieval fair. Oh, my Ren God. Fair yes. Ship deals. Yes. yes. Right? Yeah, Starship uh, Renfair. Yeah. I'm here yeah. for it. I love yeah. Tendi going full pirate in the DS9 episode. I would love yes. to see more of that. <laughs> that was awesome. 
Oh, I mean, stay tuned. Uh, we'll, find, <laughs> we'll find out. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, it's not a spoiler to say because Mike said it elsewhere. We do go to Orion in season four. So, Ooh. so yeah. you, you see more. You find out more. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And I think there's, there's been little bits that have been, you know, seated across the, the series that we delve more into. And you get to see Orion culture <laughs> as it is. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Yay. All right. Cherie, well, thank, thank you. you so much for uh, for closing out the show with those thank excellent so thoughts and questions. Thanks, Sherry. Take care. Until next time. Bye. And prosper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that too. That live logs and yes. proper. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Brad, thank you. Can't yeah. thank you enough. Really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. This was fun. Like, uh, there was so few, so few hard questions to answer. I, was, I have I was expecting one last. A lot. I have one oh, maybe last okay. hard I question. Too soon. <laughs> I, I well, don't know off the like, top of my head how long the Cerritos is. It's like, like 500 a, meters, I think. I don't know. Michael has a document. <laughs> so um, are you excited about the live-action crossover? Yeah, it's great. I'm very <laughs> yeah. excited about it. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think what I can say about it. That has, I mean, I will... I, 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 just to clear up some confusion, this has been said a lot, but I think it gets missed sometimes. It is not Roger Rabbity. It is not mm-hmm. an animated Boimler and Mariner with the live action. Ca- it is Tawny Newsom and Jack as Boimler and Mariner in live action with the Strange New Worlds cast. Like it's human people. There's not a mix of anime. It's animation. It's live action. Um, and how it gets between them, you'll have to watch. But. Uh, but, you know, it's a Strange New Worlds episode. We've been helping them out with some stuff, but uh, I'm very excited for it. Hopefully, I, 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 and I have no idea when it will air, when it will happen, anything about it. I just know my, my little peek into it. Uh, I'm very excited about it as a fan. Like, I love Strange New World. Um, I'm very excited for Picard. I'm excited for, you know, I'm excited for all the stuff, too. Like, we get to be fans. I do get a lot of stuff spoiled for me, but... <laughs> Awesome. You guys should be excited. <laughs> well, there you go, gang. And, and, you know, if you're trying to put two and two together with that, between now and the time that episode airs, just remember a cue, did it? That's, yeah. that's all you need Always. to know. Yeah, yeah. spoiling right now. All the cues come back. That's how it happens. All, every cue that's ever been on Star every Trek. Cue. Every cue. Every cue. Also, yeah. that old guy that brought his wife back to life on that yeah. planet. Yeah. Where they back, he was a cue. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm blowing there it out. Go. Also cues. Yeah. <laughs> cues. We've been meaning to check Everyone's in on Kevin Oxbridge for a long, long time. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Brad. Thank you to all of yeah. our listeners. And with that, Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Technical production on Mission Log and Mission Log Live by the inculpable Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from Roddenberry Podcast. If you'd like to support us directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Thank you to everyone who joined us live or later. We look forward to chatting with you again next week. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.